previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Dick Cavett, of course, is a legend, and then I worked briefly for Geraldo. But he was he was so nice. As a matter of fact, one of the first nights, the guest was lost and couldn't be found. I knew where he was, and he looks at me and he goes, "Go find him." And I'm like, we were like 20 minutes from air, and I go find him in my car. Had him follow back to the studio, let him in. I got him in the second segment. At the end, Geraldo gave me a nice pat on the back and said, "Nice job." You say I found him in Capone's vault. Is that what you? Said? <laughs> <Yeah>. That's. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyal Little's podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, hey Littles. Littles. Roxy. Chuck. Let's start here, shall okay. we? Hey. Why didn't the cheese want to get sliced? Because it had greater plans. Yesterday, I saw a guy spill all his Scrabble letters on the road. I asked him, what's the word on the street? Finally, thanks for telling me the definition of the word many. It means a lot. Talk to you later. Episode 178. All right, I figured we'd get that right out of the way. <laughs> Let's get that right out of the way. I love dad jokes. Yeah, okay. Now, we we had our own version of the Scrabble one. I think this is funny because it kind of goes with the Chessie story on the big show. Right. But my dog ate a bunch of Scrabble tiles last night, so I had to take it to the vet. No word yet. Exactly. <laughs> So similar, very similar. Mm-hmm. But thank you, episode 178 for those. Yes. Survivor's back. Thank goodness. <laughs> Survivor is back. Uh, so we're excited about that. It was a very weird, weird episode. Two-hour um, episode. They had yeah. to call the paramedics in four times. So, something like ridiculous. that. It was, it was absolutely yeah. ridiculous. All we, within like the first two days. One guy had to leave within 12 hours. He started. I know. I felt so bad. Started the game. But I just found out on the other podcast that they have officially invited him to come back and play again. Oh, good. So that's kind of cool. Good. That's where we should stop with that because we know there's not many Survivor <laughs> fans here. We didn't. We, no, we don't have Rick Devins coming back on right now. But we just wanted to acknowledge that. But now we have to go back to. We got to go to a. We went to a <laughs> basketball game. Yes. I, I'm so livid about this and I'm hesitant to talk about because we don't do sports. But this right. is kind of different. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is the old man get off my lawn, but yet the listeners are going to be like, duh, this has been happening for probably 20 years now, uh-huh. and I just missed it. Because uh-huh. I don't go to many basketball games. I've only been to one other one in my life. You don't really follow the NBA too Not, much. I don't until the playoffs start. Right. Okay? But we went, and I was just appalled. I was watching. You were appealed. Right. Because it was the Celtics and the Knicks. Yes. Celtics are in first place. They're in first place. They're, like, killing what it. What the bleep? But they ran into a hot Knicks team. The Knicks are now, as of this podcast, I believe it's seven in a row. Yeah, so, I think the teams are sleeping when they go play the Knicks. Well, I don't know, but they led the whole way. Oh, my they, gosh. They led. They got the opening tip off, yep. and then they just led the game and yep. all the way. Every time the, the Celtics would get within, like, nine or eight, the yeah. Knicks would throw th- two threes down. Well, that's because the Knicks are way better at three-point shots well, than the Celtics they're not supposed are, to be. apparently. Okay, well, this is what killed me. Okay, so I can't tell you, and we won't spend too much time on this, but it just killed us every time they would just dribble down and shoot a three. And they would miss. At one point, Littles, the three-point shooting percentage for the Celtics, because it's all up on the scoreboard. Yeah. You can see it as it's happening. Right. I mean, it was literally down to like 6.9%. Uh-huh. I mean, 6.9% of threes. And they probably took at least 10 or 11 or 12. I don't even remember what they took. Ugh, it was many. ridiculous. And I don't at know. At what point do you, see, do you realize the, like, hey, team, let's just try this to. This just isn't working for us tonight. Let's just try to play. Let's get the like, ball inside. Like small ball, like uh-huh. in uh, baseball or softball. Just like do something to make something happen, not, you know, swing for the fences all the time. Right. So, I love that we're turning it into baseball, even well, though we're talking about basketball. No, exactly. That's my point. Now, this is the whole reason we're bringing this up. So we stayed. It's halftime. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. this is kind of adorable. I don't know what, yeah. what the company, it was probably like a big brother, big sister type thing. It's some program that they allow these little kids to come on the court at ha- the actual court yeah. at halftime and they play a little mini like five minute game. Yeah. Because halftime's like 15 minutes. Uh-huh. So they come on the court, the clock's running, everything. They were so cute. So cute. But the freaking kids are doing the same thing. <laughs> They're and these are the NBA three-pointers. Three these aren't even like college three-pointers. They, they're like shooting up and it's not even like hitting the bottom of the right. net. Right. They're all air balls. <laughs> and my, it's killing me because I'm like, this is what the future is seeing. They're watching the game. They see all their idols just running down, shooting it up, missing the three-pointer, going yep. back. Now, I mean, granted, there's a bunch like Steph Curry. We know these people that can hit the threes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I weep for the future. That's all I'm going to say. But now the listeners are probably going to say, hello, we're already there. Right. These kids were watching the players yeah. 20 years ago. 
And well, that's what they were watching. I don't think it was that long I don't ago. Know. But man, let me tell you, these kids were doing exactly that. There was like out of the entire five minutes, maybe three times where they got the ball inside yeah. and made a layup yeah. kind of thing. It yeah. was disgusting. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. You know what was more disgusting, though? The fact that they kept showing all the celebrities that were there, but they wouldn't show Chuck and Roxy. I know. What's up with that? Come that's what on, I want to know. What <laughs> are we doing out here, man? Thanks to the Littles. <laughs> I mean, we feel like, well, look at the bright side. They didn't show Greg Garcia either. So it's true, okay. It's true. okay. So <laughs> let's get to that. We need to clear this mess up. No, it's Chuck and Roxy never like denied Greg on the podcast. We don't know how to find his him. agent didn't contact us, even though he says he did or she <laughs> did. I don't know who his agent is, but I mean, it's all I don't know what. But you all know. They all know. They I all think know. I think the listeners know. Well, some people were writing. Why won't Chuck and Roxy let Greg Garcia on the podcast? I think that's blah, blah, them blah. being smart and funny. I hope so. Because <laughs> we would love to have freaking oh Greg Garcia on the podcast. Absolutely. Now, Jeff Passan, that's a whole other story. I don't know. Because we, we we're obviously in Mark's corner on that. Yeah, but yeah. no, of course, Jeff, you're <laughs> welcome too. Everyone's welcome on the podcast. More importantly, Littles, especially for the new listeners. Yes. If you would like to be on the podcast as a Meet the Littles guest, we can't wait to hear from you. Yes. That's the key. We don't now, know all of you, now, so we don't know who all to reach out to. So you all got to reach out to us. Yeah, we're not going to deny that we've reached out to people in the past. Sure. Mm -hmm. But it's so much easier if we know that you want to be on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Because we've also reached out to a bunch of people, looking at you, Dan Babish, who just literally said no. Like, I mean, thank we you asked them to be the on the podcast. Clarity. They said no. Yes. Uh, and that's fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> Absolutely. But so what I'm saying is if you go to our website. LoyalLittlesPod.com. And there's a little tab at the top that says contact us. Right, Roxy? Yes. Okay. You, you go there. Go there. And then. Fill out the form. Fill out the form. It says, I, I want to be a guest. Yeah. The, your a, options are, I want to be interviewed. I want to submit my original music. I have a fun, dumb question and general mailbag. Right. So. Just go there. And oh, that's there. the easiest way. And then mm -hmm. we'll get an email saying, hey, Jeff Passan would like to be a guest on the podcast. And then we'll reach out to you. Yeah. But we'll get to you. Don't worry. Worry. We're not going anywhere. No as way. Of right now. No that's way. for sure. So um, I think we bitched about the next game that. enough, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so now you all know how to get in touch with us. That's the easiest way. We will also still try to reach out to people if we see a presence on our Twitter page, stuff like that. Yeah. We'll try to reach out to you, but we just can't always do that. So right. it's so Help much easier for, you, for us if you take initiative and just say, yo, I want to be on the podcast. Don't have an ego thing about it. Don't yeah. feel like, oh, I have to be asked. Don't do that. <laughs> just tell us you want to be on and we'll just tell everyone we asked you. That's yeah. all. Yeah. That's all you need to know. All right. And then lastly, we've had a busy week, Roxy. We sure have. All right. We got to go see Wicked. Yeah. On Wednesday night. Yep. We just wanted to let you know that there is hope for the future of theater. That's oh all I'm going to say. Oh, my gosh. Now, the show itself was just, eh. But, uh, no, the <laughs> show is the show. I mean, it's the show been, is great, it's but been brilliantly written. The music is wonderful. Chuck got into the downfall of that. He saw the original cast twice. Yes. It's kind of the same thing that happened with, with Hamilton. Yeah. It's just never going to be the same. Right. So these people are great that are in it, but they're just not the originals. Right. For me. Okay. Right. Well, and the other thing is because you hear the soundtrack over and over. Over and, and over and over. You're yeah. used to those voices. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you get to see those voices live oh a couple times. And then you see these people. It's just different. I know. That's I'm all. kicking myself that I never got to go They're in the great. beginning. They're yeah. great. What we're talking about is what we the bitch about all the time. Members. The audience members were actually so respectful. Respectful. And there I were believe so it. many young kids that you would think, oh, you know, it could be a mixed bag. Well, of, in our defense, they weren't really around us. So maybe we wouldn't maybe, hear that. Maybe. But it's but usually everyone, the adults that are disrespectful, to be honest. Everyone was so, like, enthralled by what was happening on stage. And it... It's rare these days that you see yeah. that type of group collectively realizing and understanding that they are not in their personal living rooms. There was only one time where I had to do the whole like, like kind of look back, look back. <laughs> over my shoulder. Mm -hmm. I didn't say anything, but you kind of give them the look. Yeah, but so. it didn't last very long. No, 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 which no. Which was good. Just one time. Yeah, everything was great after that. Yeah. So we had two date nights, Chuck. Th those two count? in a row. Those count as date nights? Sure. Okay. I'll, two I'll in take one it. week. So I got to go to a Knicks game. <laughs> or should I say Celtics game? Sorry, Dad. <laughs> it was embarrassing for you, though. Ugh. I mean, the Knicks fans are hilarious, some of them. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the luckily we were sitting. Or are we going back to that? Next, next to us were Celtics fans, so that was fine for right. you. I didn't really have any skin in the race. See what any, I did there? Yeah. Is, uh -huh. that, is that how you say any. it? Are we going to go back to that? Skin in the game. Skin in the game, I, I think. guess. All right. But yeah, I just, uh, the guy to my right was fantastic. Oh my gosh. He, Every time the Knicks did something good or the Celtics did something bad, he would go, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Every single but, time. But and look around to see who was noticing him doing it. 
every single time. Okay, but time. Roxy, you're not quite giving it justice because you got to think this is a deep voice Brooklyn accent. No, 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 no. It wasn't that, that deep. Okay, but it was pretty deep. It was a pretty good <laughs> Brooklyn guy. You know, he was like, he was yeah. a New Yorker. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. classic New York. He wasn't like you did it. So, all right. Then before we get out of here, Roxy, let's throw a need to know facts at them, okay? Ooh. Needtoknowfacts.com. Yeah, we like to throw one of these in every once in a while. And March is here. March is here. So that means March Madness is here. So I'm very excited. Yes. Alaska and Maine are the only two states to never send a team to the NCAA tournament. Whoa. Of the 50 states in the United States of America, 48 have sent college teams to the NCAA March Madness tournament. Only Maine and Alaska have not sent a team to the tournament. Alaska does not have a Division I. Well, that's not fair then. I didn't, I didn't read this yet, Littles. <laughs> Alaska doesn't even have a Division I men's basketball team, and therefore, and therefore it is impossible to make March Madness. Maine, on the other hand, has the opportunity, but has never had a team with enough skill to make the tournament. Interesting. Talk about being left out of the party. Yeah. So, what up, Maine? Let's, no. But, I mean, all right, that's, you know, some of these, I call that clickbait. I got all excited about that for March Madness, and I didn't. I should have read it before I read it on the show. That's it. We're going to break. Let's let's get to our. That's it. Break. I'm boiling eggs. That's it. We're boiling eggs. We're gonna meet a little. Let's do it. Let's do we'll it. We'll be right back with meet the littles. Hey everyone, this is Maurice from DC, and if you know me, you can call me Mo. You're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Littles. This has a little bit of a Van Halen feel, I think, to it. That is a compliment. Uh, we are being played in this episode by a band called The Watershed, and this song is called The Body Song. Now, if you like what you hear, the only thing they asked, they said head on over to Instagram and give us a follow over there, and you can find them at watershed underscore band. That's W-T-A-E-R-S-H-E-D underscore band. And as always, we'll play the full song, Body Song, by Watershed, at the end of the podcast. Loyal Littles, it's now time to meet the Littles and Roxy. Chuck. I know we say this a lot, but this is going to be a blast. I know, I'm excited. We just got tired of waiting for Rick Devins. Yep. So let's meet him now. Please welcome to the podcast, Dan Kilday. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Hey, guys, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, we're very excited. You know how we do this. Let's just turn it over to you. Introduce yourself to all the Loyal Littles out there. Tell us a little something about yourself. Well, yeah, first of all, you know, Rick Devins, when he was on, said he was going to talk about me. And it's been about three weeks, and I'm still <laughs> waiting for him to talk about me. So I'm just right off the top. I want you guys to know, shout out to Rick Devins. I'm definitely going to talk about him later. Great. <laughs> right. Can't wait. <laughs> Looking forward to it. But yeah, no, I, I'm really excited about being here. I've had a few friends that have been on this podcast already that have talked about me. So, you know, it's been a long time coming. I'm glad that you guys finally got in touch with me and, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And one of the greatest, in my opinion, email stories I'd ever heard before we even started this podcast. I remember the email story from the big show back in the day and then to have it come full circle for mm -hmm. us in episode 10, if yes. you can believe that. And now, whatever episode this is going to be, I mean, it's great. So, yeah. So take us back. Where'd you grow up and all that stuff? So, uh, first of all, my name's Dan Kilday. I currently live in Austin, Texas, but I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. So I have both of the major UTs covered. So uh, I get a lot of crap from the, the Texas fans here about uh, being the original UT or the real UT or, or whatever. And mm -hmm. you know, if, if they say they're the real UT, I, I say, OK, that's fine. But if you say you're the original one, 
I mean, the University of Tennessee was founded in 1794. Texas wasn't even a state yet. So don't, you know, don't, don't even come to me with that stuff. Yeah, but I right? uh, love living in Austin. Uh, I was born and raised in Knoxville, but I've lived all over. I, I went to college in Alabama. I became a local TV anchor. So I moved from place to place with that job. And I'm currently the director of sales for a communications company based out of San Antonio called TAS United. Before this, I was a television sportscaster for local stations throughout the U.S. But I got out of the business in 2000. 2007 when I started a family. And 2018, my book, Molly Warner School Reporter, was published. It's a middle grade novel geared toward ages 8 through 12 about a middle school kid who joins our school newspaper staff. And uh, I have three kids. Kennedy, my oldest, is 16. Rhett is our middle child. He was about to be 14. And Elise is our youngest at 11 years old. And then the woman who I'm related to by marriage for coming up on 15 years is Liz. So wow. uh, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, now I always like this question. Is that something you knew you wanted to do when you went to college? What was your major in college? I was a communications major in college, and I would do the PA announcing at the basketball games Mm -hmm. for my high school, and then I got to do that again when I was in college. I went to a very small liberal arts school, so you got to do a lot of things, and and so I did the PA announcing for the basketball games, and I just kind of got into it somewhere along the way, and and it it just kind of was an idea that popped in my head, like maybe I should, you know, maybe I'd be good at this, and and did some internships at local TV stations and things like that and, and had enough material to put together a resume tape. That became what I wanted to be when I grew up. Okay. And, uh, did you I say did where that. you went to college? Cause I thought you said you went to Alabama. Went to, uh, I went to a small, very liberal arts college or in or a very small liberal arts college in Montgomery, Alabama oh, called, okay. called Huntington College. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. When you said Alabama, I just stupidly assumed it was Alabama. Yeah. So. No, 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 no. Never, never, never. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Montgomery. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place and I know this is your interview. Oh but Montgomery, that grew crazy too. The first time I played there, the Rosa Parks was just a bench with a plaque on it. Yeah. That's while mm-hmm. it was there. And we always made sure we went to visit it, take a picture, you know, that kind of thing. Then it, the next time we went, it was the bench. And then there was a huge like plaque thing behind it on the grass. Well, now there's a museum, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, and there, there's, a, there, there's a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of cool things with civil rights and, and that, oh, absolutely. Uh, in that city. I mean, uh, Dr. King preached at the church right downtown yeah. mm-hmm. in Montgomery, and I actually went there one Sunday morning just to say that I did it, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. It was quite the experience. It was like a three-hour service, and it was something that I'll never forget, you know, just to be able to say that I got to attend the church where, where Dr. King used to preach was, was pretty cool. Wow. That's great. And I mean, wow. Littles, I highly recommend it. It's mm-hmm. a worth a trip. Now, I haven't myself been in the museum because I haven't played there since, because that, like I, I've always right. said on the podcast, those are the non-union. That's one of the non-union touring stops, and I haven't done one of those tours in forever. But just the whole to watch it as it was being built, because I went there like four or five years in a row, and just to see the progress was just amazing. So highly recommend that. So, what was that like being to attend that? Well, the service. I mean, it was very energetic. My family and I attend a Methodist church here in Austin, and uh, we we certainly don't get that lively, but (laughs) it was just a a really cool experience. Just, you know, I I just sat there like like I was in a museum, just kind of looking around and and taking it all in. And it's real, it's very close to the Capitol building that, you know, and the state Capitol building in Montgomery. So there's just a lot of history around there related to that. I, I went to a an anniversary celebration of the march on Montgomery from Selma, which was, uh, you know, on the other side of, of the bridge there one time with some friends of mine. And, and Bill Clinton was there. It's the only time mm-hmm. I've ever been in the presence of a, a sitting U.S. president. So, you know, that was really cool. So there were just so many things there that were sort of historical that you could do if you were interested in that. It was, yeah. it was a really good experience. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. That is amazing. Now, let's go back to your school. This is interesting, I think, because... Well, TV was big, I guess. But so you did the announcing at the games and stuff. Why TV and not radio? I would have done radio as well. And in fact, I did an internship at a local radio station. It was like a top 40 radio station where you just kind of introduce the next song. But I I interned there as well. So I was open to to anything broadcasting wise. Podcasting was not a thing back then, but I'm certainly sure I would have been interested in that as well. But Mm -hmm. TV was just more fun. It, you know, you, you go out and you shoot video and then you bring the tape back and you edit the video. And the, it was more of a creative process, I think, sure. than, than radio was. So that's why I enjoyed it. And I was pretty good at shooting, you know, mm. not to toot my horn, but I, I, I was pretty good at, at shooting video and, and bringing that back and editing it. And, you know, I could get 
pretty tight on a spiral as it was coming toward me in a football game or, or, or anything like that. So I just kind of got into the whole artistic aspect of that and then putting something on TV that was visually pleasing and then just getting on there and introducing the next game and, and calling the scores and things like that. Certainly growing up a big sports fan, that was appealing to me as well. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you learn all the sides of being yeah. in front of the camera, being behind the camera, the editing and all of that. Well, I mean, starting out in this business, anybody that's in this business will tell you that when you're at one of the smaller market stations, you are doing everything. Mm -hmm. It's a, they call it a one man band show. (laughs) You're the guy that goes out and you shoot the game, you bring back the video, you edit the tape, you write the scripts, you produce the sports cast, you go call people to get the final scores, and then you run on the set. As you're putting your tie on, you're running onto the set to, <laughs> to do everything. So it, it's something that you kind of have to learn how to do so when cool. you're getting into this business. You have to learn everything. You have to. I love that. I mean, that kind of reminds me of Chuck here. I was going to say, it feels like this podcast. It feels like this podcast, <laughs> but it also, we were talking off air sort of what we do in life, and he, you know, we're both in showbiz, he tries to just keep working. So learning every aspect of what theater is and the show business is, like that's Chuck. Like he wants to know all of it. Yeah, even when I was touring as a drummer, I would try to make friends. And at one point I was kind of deemed the quote assistant props, assistant sound guy. Because I would just want to help them load in and just learn what they do. Now I would never put that on a resume and say, oh, I could do that professionally by myself. Mm-hmm. But that was my thing. I would always try to learn. But with this thing, this morning, I'm like running to connect with you, send email, stuff like that. And then I'm like, oh, I, I mean, I didn't put a tie on. No offense. <laughs> but I put a tie on to come. Okay, now I'm going to be podcast host. You right, know, it's right, like, right. It would be kind of weird if you had to put a tie yeah. on just to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. But yeah, that's that's so great that you learn all the skills. Yeah. And it comes in handy later. I've got friends that that I was in the business with that were on air with me back in the day that are now news directors Mm -hmm. or they're they're producers for Comcast and and places like that that are they're not in front of the camera anymore. So it was good for them to to learn how to do all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So now talk about your first TV gig. Where was that exactly? Well, that's an interesting question because you can break it down into two parts. You can either have when I was first on the air or just my first TV gig in general. Like everyone in this crazy business, I had a resume tape that I sent out everywhere when I was starting out. And it's an extremely competitive field. So you oftentimes never heard anything back. So while I was waiting on my big break, I landed a job as an associate producer right out of college at the ABC affiliate in Knoxville, Tennessee, my hometown. And you know, I was excited to finally have a real TV job, quote unquote. I wasn't on the air, but I was part of the process. So my first day was this beautiful fall Tuesday. I drove across town to the building downtown. I was greeting by the human resources person who told me, you know, we have some paperwork for you to fill out and then we'll start your training. So I'm sitting there in her office filling out my W-2 forms and everything. And they had Good Morning America on the TV monitor there. And they had breaking news. There's all of this smoke billowing out of one of the World Trade Center towers. Oh, wow. So I said, what's going on? And I was told, oh, you know, some idiot flew his plane into the World right. Trade Center. You know, the house stupid. We don't know if he was committing suicide or if it was an accident or what. So as I'm sitting there, the second plane hit the other tower. And that's the moment when we all realized that this was no accident. Right. And my first day in television news just went completely sideways. Oh, my gosh. And they had no idea what to do with me. You know, obviously they weren't, they're were going to be way too busy to train me. So they right. just put me on the phones. They said, you know, the phones are ringing off the hook. Just sit here and answer them. So I sat there at a table all day long, just taking calls from people who wanted more information, people who were just simply scared and needing someone to talk to, people who were angry that their soap operas weren't on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> people who were complaining about, you know, why are we showing this? It's in New York. What does it have to do with us? Mm. You know, everything in between. Yeah. And that was my introduction into television news. Wow. So wow. about a month later, though, I finally got contacted by the CBS affiliate in Laredo, Texas. I was hired over the phone. I didn't even get a chance to see the station I was going to work for. I wasn't going to say no to an on-air position at a television station. So off I went. And my apartment was off of exit three. Exit one was the bridge to Mexico. That's how close I was to the southern, <laughs> back of the wow. southern border. Yeah. So I was I was there for about a year as a news anchor. You know, my heart was in sports, but the job was news. So that's where I started. And I bounced around a little bit. I, I covered NASCAR races at, at Bristol Motor Speedway. 
I've covered the University of Tennessee, Virginia Tech, Georgia, Georgia Tech, and the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Braves, um, as well as a lot of smaller colleges and high schools. And I, I get asked often if I miss it. And I always tell them that there are some times on Friday nights in the fall that I miss running around like a maniac trying to collect highlights from all the high school games and rushing back to the station to edit tapes and look up names of players on the rosters and calling the schools for the final scores and just throwing a show together at the last minute. Again, as I'm running to the studio, putting my tie on, those are the things I miss. That was fun. But otherwise... I love being able to barbecue and watch college football on Saturdays and spend time with my family. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Yep. Now, Littles, so I don't have to hit the buzzer later. Right, Okay, right. so I love that he just subtly drops, oh, the Atlanta Braves, blah, 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 in there. I heard that. So tell them who from the Atlanta Braves you got to interview. Well, and this happened when I was still an intern, so I wasn't even a, a full-fledged television journalist. But And this gentleman is from Mobile, Alabama, and that's where I did my internship, and he was there doing a, a signing or something like that. But I, I got to meet Hank Aaron and, and interview him. I will say that he was uh, very grumpy that day. He wasn't... Uh, <laughs> He wasn't in the best of moods, so the interview did not go well, but I've interviewed Hank Aaron. I've interviewed Bart Starr. I've interviewed Tommy Lasorda one time. Nice. Um, you know, just just various people that have come around that, that I've gotten an opportunity to, to talk to. And, you know, they certainly don't remember talking to me, but I, I remember talking to them. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, as Tony always says, careful, you know, about meeting your heroes. And I don't know if any of those were your heroes, but you know what I mean? You know, they have a bad day. You just never know. It's tricky. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and no offense to him. He, he was fine. He answered my questions. Yeah. He, just, uh, he just was not in the best of moods. So yeah. It, yeah. It, it, okay. <laughs> and, and of course, here I am. I'm this, uh, I was probably 20 at the time. You know, I'm, I'm just a kid. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I probably asked him really stupid questions like, so you remember that time when you, you know, I, I don't that, even know what I Hit that home him. run and sure. broke that record. Sure. and. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was really annoyed by just having to talk to me. Did you so, start yeah. with, how are you doing? I mean, that would, you know. <laughs> uh, just, uh, so uh, what's it like to play baseball? Right. You know, I don't. Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to get into more of those questions, those deep dive questions that you had. But don't go anywhere. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with. Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles podcast with Chuck and Doxy. <laughs> And Keith Ammerman. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And Roxy, we're having a great time with Dan Kilday here. Oh, yeah. Now, Dan, let's get into your fandom and how you became a little in that stuff. Because you kind of moved around. And I'm curious because like Tennessee doesn't have really baseball or basketball teams, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious. What, what's your favorite sport? What's your favorite team? Stuff like that. Growing up in Knoxville, Tennessee, I've always been a Tennessee fan. I don't care if it's football, basketball, baseball, Lady Vols, whatever I'm in. You know, I I hope they win. They even have a a club hockey team that I follow on Twitter, and they use the hashtag hockey top a lot, which I think is really clever. I like that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and my kids have a hard time with the whole college versus pro thing. So I'll be watching the Red Zone channel on Sunday afternoon, and they'll walk in and go, why is Tennessee wearing blue? And I'm like, no, 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 no. These are the Titans. That's a completely different team. Uh-huh. And they'll ask, well, are you pulling for them? And no, not really. I don't, I don't really care. And that just baffles them. And, and, and in fairness, I guess it is a little confusing. But I've always cared about college sports over pro sports by a million. I love the NCAA tournament. I love college football. But I love the balls above all else. My 11-year-old daughter, Elise, is a big Houston Astros fan because her kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Bolin, is and was a big fan. And Elise was in her class in 2017 when the Astros won that first World Series. So she would come home from school and say, Daddy, the Astros have to win tonight because if they don't, the Yankees will tie the series and they have to play another game against the Yankees. (laughs) But if the Astros win, then they get to play in the World Series. And I was like... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do you want to watch? So I finally had a kid that cared about a sporting event, and we watched it together. I would let her stay up late on a school night to watch the games, and she usually conked out around the seventh inning. But yeah. she still loves the Astros to this day, which means that I care about how they do because I want her to be happy. But I also kind of dig being the villain a little bit. It kind of makes me happy that so many people across the country hate them and right. are miserable when they win. There's something <laughs> sadistically fun about that. So. <laughs> I guess you could say I'm a secondary Astros fan, even though I don't really care. Okay. Gotcha. Roxy's biting her tongue here. And we here. have a pro soccer team in Austin now. Yes. So, oh, 
it's the first, you know, major professional sports team in the city. And that's been kind of fun. The atmosphere in that stadium is is unlike anything I've ever been to. The fans sing and chant and play drums the entire game, win or lose. And you might see Matthew McConaughey walking around. And uh, I have a group of friends from church who have season tickets and get really excited about the season. So that's a lot of fun. So shout out to the Modern Families guys. But yeah, we have a good time with that team as well. Okay, so you brought up church. Now let's tie this all in because this is one of my favorite email stories. But first, how did you become a little and stuff like that? Sure. I've been a little since before PTI. I was doing a summer internship between my junior and senior years of college in Mobile, Alabama for the sports department at the Fox affiliate there. Uh, Lance Crawford was the sports director, and he allowed me to come in and basically do everything but be on the air. I got to learn how to use the camera and edit video, put stories together in the rundown, and he would even allow me to go on the set following the newscast and sort of redo his sports cast that he just did, and they recorded it for me, and it allowed me to have a collection of my own work that I could put on a resume tape to send out for jobs once I graduated. It was it was kind of like a broadcasting boot camp, really, hmm. but it was an unpaid internship. So I, I had to figure out a, a way to pay for rent and buy food, right. <laughs> things like that. So I had to get a part-time job as a valet at the Mobile International Airport. So people would drive up, leave their keys with me and go on through security to their flights. And I would park their cars for them and then have them ready next to the baggage claim once they returned. So wow. I was there every morning at 5 a.m. and I worked until around one in the afternoon. It was the middle of the summer in the sweltering heat, so I would leave work, go take a shower, grab something to eat, and then I would be at the TV station for the rest of the day until 7 or 8 in the evening, and then I would go take a quick nap and do it all over again the next day. That was my summer. But while I was parking cars, I would tune the radio to the ESPN station. The weekend sports anchor at my station had a morning show on the radio that I would listen to, and then his show was immediately followed by Tony's show. And if you'll remember back then, Dan the Duke Davis would do the Mm -hmm. cut-ins, and Tony would always interrupt him with questions or comments. And it always seemed like Dan was a little annoyed by it. I couldn't tell if that was part of the bit or if he really hated it, but it would get, you know, I would get two-minute doses of Tony while I was parking cars and running to get to the next one. So one day my boss calls me into her office. And I had no idea what I what this could be about. I, was I late last week? Turns out she had some complaints from some of our customers that their radios were always tuned to ESPN <laughs> when they got back in them. And, and knowing my internship and my interests, she just assumed it was me, but right. wanted to confirm it. Yeah. And, and I wasn't like in a lot of trouble or anything. No, she just but asked, still, that's funny. She, she yeah. just asked me to put the radio back the way I found it next time. But yeah, right. I kind of got in trouble for being a little at the start. Oh my but. gosh. I've followed him, you know, from from when he was on the national ESPN broadcast to just the local ones. And you could download them like via a podcast after they aired. And then he just started doing the podcast. I've followed him everywhere he's been. You know, he's been a big part of my life, really. So um, yeah. it's it's a I listen to a lot of different podcasts, but his is the one that I'm, I'm certainly the most loyal to. Yeah. Right. Same um, here. I don't I'm having trouble understanding why people would have such a issue with the radio the being car changed. because you don't have a car, Roxy. I don't. Think I'm just I saying, would be like, no, I, I, no. If you got back into your car, I don't think I'd be mad about it. it every like day, say you parked at this place thing. every day, and when you got back and you had your station, and you got back, just put it back. Yeah, it's not a big I deal. Don't know. That's Maybe. funny. Roxy, you heard me tell the story, Roxy, that there were people mad that their soap operas were not right, on. Right, that's true. Right. Oh, that's that's true. true. So yeah. there, you know, people will get mad about anything. That's true. Right. I still have such a optimistic view on people and maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so now let's go to the connective tissue here. These littles that you know, and we're still not going to talk about the certain one, but we, I mean, right. you can if you want. But, uh, he who shall not be named. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Payback's a bitch. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But no, there are some, though. All of the littles that I know IRL <laughs> have yep. already been on your show. I did a little research just to make sure I got the episode numbers right, so I, I made some notes just to make sure that, but they are Nick Milky, who is episode 161, mm-hmm. which I believe was a birthday episode for Roxy, right? Probably. I think and, so. Uh, yeah. And by the way, after that episode dropped, Nick sent me the link and he said that you guys wanted to have me on. And then he kind of put in parentheses, they think you can get them to Rick Devins. Which- <laughs> 
which, which might have been true, but you didn't even need my help. For no, that. he didn't. So, I don't no. remember. Yeah. Rick, actually, Rick got in touch with us eventually. Oh, wait, yeah. we're saying his name too much here. But no, because we wrote him like the second week of the podcast. Right. And we we're like, we know there's probably. And he, of course, he never even saw the message on Twitter because yeah. it was a private message and he didn't follow us. So there was probably no alert on his end. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he's too highfalutin for yeah. us. These days. I mean, we might have said that. But we also wanted yeah. to meet you as well. I mean, come yes. on, you know, it's yeah. like Well, I mean, okay, so obviously Rick is another one. He was episode two hundred. And then finally Mary Faye Randolph was one of the first. She was episode ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. And yep. she told the story of how we met through the Tony Kornheiser show. So this story has already been told on this podcast, but I think enough time has passed that yeah. I'm gonna tell Again, and and I'm going to tell it from my perspective. Well, and now we have microphones, so right, that's exciting. Right, right, right. <laughs> Episode ten, we didn't have microphones. So. <laughs> that's good. Uh, so my family and I moved from Knoxville in 2013 to Austin. Uh, we had not been here very long, but had already found a church that we liked, First United Methodist, right downtown. They're very active in the community, providing food and shelter to the homeless. They provide shelter and lodging for women and children who are escaping abusive environments in their homes. A very positive thinking church. They're in the Reconciling Ministries Network, which I won't dig into here, but you can look up what that means. Mm-hmm. So we felt like we were a good fit and, and we joined. And about a month later, I'm driving on the Mopac Expressway and I see a car in the far right lane with a First United Methodist Church bumper sticker, as well as a TK sticker in the window. <laughs> And I just thought, should I give this person the salute? You know, <laughs> would that be incredibly inappropriate? So instead of doing that, I wrote Tony an email. And this was back when the trend with the emails was that you gave directions to wherever you're yeah. going. You know, yep. right on Anderson, left on 183, left on Mopac. So I, I did all that and I told him what I saw and asked if the salute would have been okay in this situation. And he read it on the air. So two days later, he read the response from a Mary Faye Randolph in Austin, Texas. And she said something along the lines of how she nearly fell out of her chair when she heard the email. And, you know, she said, that's my car. And she absolutely, she said it absolutely would have been appropriate. So now I have a name, right? I I have to find this Mary Faye lady. We obviously have a lot in common. So I wrote the pastor of our church and told him I needed, I needed him to put me in touch with her. He was very curious about why. And (laughs) I said something along the lines of, as Rick Devon said on this podcast, I can't explain it other than it's so stupid, you know, <laughs> but, but I got her email address and, con- and we connected and, and we kind of had this pen pal relationship for a long time. And then one Sunday, our pastor referenced her. I see Mary Faye up there. So I turned to my wife and I was like, she's here. <laughs> And I found her after the service and I just asked, are you Mary Faye? And she said, yes. And I said, well, la cheeserie. And she said, are you Dan? So we gave each other a big hug right away. She's just been somebody who's very special to me and my family. I I always give her a big hug when I see her and we talk about what's going on with Tony that week or Mm -hmm. what's going on in our lives. And in fairness, at this point, we probably would have gotten to a point where we knew each other. We're both very involved in the church, so our paths would likely have crossed by now. But we would not have anywhere close to the friendship we've developed had it not been for Mr. Tony. Absolutely. So, That's amazing. That is so sweet. We love those connective tissue stories. And I know Tony does, too. Yes. We've, we've gotten to know that mm-hmm. uh, much. And she was the first person that made me aware of you guys. She sent oh, me nice. the link of, of her episode and said, hey, I talked about you a little bit on this podcast, Meet the Little. So that was my introduction to this show. And I got to tell you. It's extremely impressive how many of these you guys have done in a short amount of time. You're already above 200, yeah. and your first episode was in late 2020. So congratulations yeah. to you. Thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, we owe it all to the Littles and yeah. Tony. So. I mean, without them, yeah. you know, we wouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. You know? So, All right. Now, of course, we love that story. But now there's a couple other Littles you want to talk about, too, right? Sure. So Nick Milkey is another one who I know. Nick and I went to Huntington College in Montgomery, Alabama. And the thing you need to understand about Huntington is that it's a very small liberal arts school. I have no idea what the enrollment is now, but it was only like 1,500 students when we were there. Oh, and it's, yeah. possible I'm, it's, it's possible I'm being generous with that number. Yeah. I, I think it's gotten much larger since we graduated. They started a football program, which is certain requirements on enrollment. And it's probably bigger now. But back then, it was like a medium-sized high school population-wise. Yeah. And that's important because you have to understand that everyone knew everyone <laughs> on <laughs> <laughs> See, at my school, it was the same exact thing. And how it was introduced to us was, if you're going to do the walk of shame, just be careful because everyone knows about it the next day. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you might not know them well, but you at least know who everyone is. Absolutely. You know, even, if it's, even if it's, hey, do you know Chuck? And you say, yeah, I think so. That's the guy that was doing the walk of shame, right? Yeah, yeah right. that's 
Uh, yeah. So my point in all of that is to tell you that Nick and I did not know each other well. We knew each other, but we ran in different circles. Mm-hmm. So years later, when I hear Tony read an email from Nick Milkey and Montgomery, Alabama, I just yep. thought there can't be another Nick Milkey. It has to be the same guys. <laughs> I looked him up on Twitter. I found him very easily. I verified by his profile picture that it was the same guy. And he even had a tweet celebrating the fact that Tony had read his email that day. So I followed him right away and shot him a quick message just saying, I had no idea you were a little. And much like Mary Faye, we developed this sort of pen power relationship based on our shared interest in the Tony Kornheiser show. And now we text all the time. It turns out we have a lot in common. And and I've told him this before, but I'm extremely angry at myself for not getting to know him better back in college. He's one of my best friends now. And I feel like we wasted all these years. So again, that never would have happened had it not been for the Tony Kornheiser show. Wow. That's so great. And Nick, by the way, has his own podcast about Star Wars, and and Tony recently just. I was going to say he had a big moment on the big show recently. He did. It was so funny. He was like, "Is this what you do, Nick?" (laughs) So I texted him and I gave him a hard time about that. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. He also has a podcast called Heroes of the Mom CU or something like that, which is basically him and his kids watching all of the Marvel movies Mm -hmm. with his wife who has never seen them before. And I think the idea was let's force mom to watch these movies and then make fun of her about how much she hates them. But right, right. in reality, she actually loved most of them and they have all these really in-depth discussions about the meaning behind all the movies. So if you like watching Marvel movies, that's a good one too. I should ask Nick for some compensation for plugging all of his Yeah, podcasts. I know, right? What the hell? Yeah. I mean, come on. Or he should sponsor yeah. this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. All right. And I guess we've waited it's long time. enough because we don't want to be that guy like someone we know. Let's talk about your other dear friend of the podcast. That would be a certain Survivor season 38 I mean, cast. around here we just go by number 200. <laughs> but Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, let's do that instead. Okay, yeah. all right. Rick, Rick Devin's famous from episode 200 of the Loyal Littles podcast. <laughs> right, nothing else, uh, just that. And unlike him, I'm going to follow through with my promise to talk about him. But I was the sports director for the Fox affiliate in Macon, Georgia. Gosh, I can't even remember what the call letters are. I think it was WGXA, but they kind of all run together at this point. But uh, the funny thing to me about what I'm about to tell you is that all these years, I thought Rick was the newsroom intern. I'm fairly certain he was introduced to me that way. But when he was on this podcast, he said he was actually the commercial producer and a full-time employee. I had no idea. I've been telling everyone who knows who he is from Survivor, oh, yeah, he was my intern. Oh, my Uh, gosh. And and that was the joke because he was never my intern. He was the newsroom intern, or at least I thought he was. And I was just being funny by claiming him as my own. But from listening to his appearance on this show, I even had that part wrong. So I, I apologize. Him. Or maybe he but was just embellishing. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, you know, Rick, maybe you can come that, back on and make this all clear if you want. Rick. Yeah, that, I wouldn't know. put it past him. That's Feel a good free. point. Five mediocre <laughs> minutes. Come on back. Yeah. No, but Rick did help out with our Friday night football show, and he would go out and film a couple of local games and edit the touchdowns into a 30-second clip. And so while I was there, my girlfriend at the time, who is now the woman I'm related to by marriage, the way out of my league, Liz Kilday, uh, got <laughs> pregnant with our first child, and I got hit in the face with the reality of, oh, maybe I should be making more money than this and, right. and work schedule that doesn't have me coming home at midnight every night. So that's when I left TV and that station was my last television job. And again, years later, I hear Tony read an email from Rick Devens. <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't know why he always mispronounces that name. It's yeah. very clearly Devens, but he talked about being a news guy in Macon, Georgia. So I'm like, it has to be the same guy. Yeah. So I've, again, found him on social media, reached out to him. We reconnected. I was really proud of him for working his way on air into the morning anchor role, which is a perfect fit for his personality. Yeah. You know, he, you need to have someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously for a morning show. And I saw clips of him making a fool of himself. He was great. So when my book was published in, in 2018, I was doing local TV appearances and radio interviews and whatnot. And I reached out to him to see if I could come on with them. And he basically told me, you know, we don't really do live interviews on the show, but you could send me some information and we'll do what they call a voiceover. So, you know, former WGXA sports director Dan Kilday has a new children's book out about journalism, that kind of thing, which I was very appreciative of. More time passes and I see him post something along the lines of, hey, you know how I told you guys I was on the Appalachian Trail? I lied. I was actually filming Survivor and I'm going to be a contestant on the um, upcoming season. And I was just like, what? Yeah. I, couldn't, you know, 
I couldn't I couldn't believe it. And I'm not a huge Survivor fan like you guys. I, I think I watched one of the early seasons when a woman from Knoxville was on it. Uh-huh. So I watched to cheer her on. I think she actually won the season. I, I don't really remember her name, but I've not watched since then. But every single Wednesday, my family and I gathered together in the living room. We would make chicken wings for dinner. I don't know why that became a thing, but that was a tradition. And we would watch my old intern on a nationally televised yeah. popular TV show. And not only that, he damn near won the thing. Yeah, was, you right? Know, it was so Spoiler. exciting. I, I, when he won that challenge and he shouted La Cheeserie, I literally came out of my seat. Our entire family was cheering inside wow. our house. <laughs> I couldn't be prouder of that guy. You know, the person who sat here and talked with you, the person who was on Survivor, the person who writes into the Tony Kornheiser show, that's just Rick. He's not putting on a show. Mm-hmm. That's just who he is. Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. ha- he was handing it up a little bit on Survivor. Right. You know, he, right. Had, he, he had that Kool-Aid line in his back pocket for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, he, but he's genuinely that nice, yeah. hilarious, fun-loving guy you see on the show. It's not an act at all. He's, right. he's just That's just him. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And I followed his wife, Becca, on Twitter when he was on the show. I, I've never met her in person. She came along after I left Macon, but she's really funny on social media and seems like a genuinely good person. And her mom is a great follow also. I think her handle is actually my son-in-law was on Survivor. Oh, my and, gosh. Nice. And she's, she's hysterical also. I couldn't be happier for Rick and his family. I wish him all the success in the world. I can't wait to see what he does next. I really hope that Survivor will bring him back or yeah. I'd love to see and Becca on the Amazing Race or oh something. You know, my family yes. yeah. just had so much fun cheering him on. I'd, I'd love the chance to, to do it again. He's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that's great. Now, I guess this might be a bury the lead moment. Here we go again. But you said that Rick mentioned your children's book? Yeah, that's right. I wrote a book in 2016. You've probably forgotten because it's not like we're still dealing with the ramifications of it or anything, but there was an election that year. <laughs> and uh, among the many topics that kept coming up, was this sense that journalists and traditional journalism as a whole isn't useful and we shouldn't believe anything that's being reported, not just by some dude with a blog, but established, well-respected news outlets yeah. like the Washington Post and the New York Times. And yeah. as a former journalist, I was inspired to write a story that addresses why journalism is important, why knowledge is power. And these reporters who go into the heart of what's happening and aren't afraid to ask tough questions, sometimes putting their lives on the line to let us know what's happening and what these people are doing and what they stand for and how horrifying it is when someone calls that into question. So it touches on the First Amendment, freedom of the press, things like that. Now, that's a pretty heavy topic for an 8- to 12-year-old, but I tried my best to also make it funny and entertaining and write a mystery that our hero Molly is reporting on and try to solve using the tools she's learned in her classroom. So it's a story about freedom of the press with plenty of poop jokes mixed in. (laughs) Nice. I love that. What's the book called? It's called Molly Warner School Reporter. You can go to www.mollywarnerbook.com to get more information about it if you'd like to. You know, it makes me think of another little that I met through that experience. I want to give a little shout out to a little in Ohio named Kate Kosick. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name right, but when my book was released, I sent a copy to Tony. This was back when he was at Chatter. So I knew he wouldn't keep it or even read it, but I was hopeful he would read my note and give the book to somebody in the audience. And that's exactly what he did. And immediately I received a message on Twitter from Kate who bought my book for her daughter. So I know of at least one sale that I received from Littles Helping Littles. Oh, oh wow. That's amazing. great. Amazing. All right. Well, Dan, we're almost out of time, but we have to get to some fun, dumb questions. So let's give a couple here, Roxy. Go. All right. Which of the seven dwarfs is most like you? I'm going to say sleepy ah. because, I mean, I, you know, I got to get up early every morning to get the kids to school. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you, you know, it's just go, go, go all day. I, I work during the day and then in the evenings, I'm basically just a bus driver getting them to where they need to go with their activities and try to get sleep in anytime I can. But I'm I'm generally pr- pretty sleepy most of the time. Okay. All right. Then this could be the same answer, I guess, now that I think about it. But if you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? I'll go a different direction and, and just say Garfield because, oh. you know. Well, he sleeps he a sleep, lot too. He, sleep, he sleeps a lot. And he <laughs> but likes he likes lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Awesome. Uh, let's do some rapid fire. All right. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Smooth or chunky peanut butter? Chunky, but I don't really have strong opinions on that one. Oh, okay. okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Careful. <laughs> I have to say Star Wars. I was going to say. Yeah, okay. Right, <laughs> like, right. you know, You could tell us off air if it's different. Okay. <laughs> uh, Uranus jokes, not funny or never not funny? 
Always funny. Always, oh. always funny. All yeah. right. Well, let's end there, Roxy. All right. Dan, we can't thank you enough. This has been amazing. Some great stories. Take a second, plug everything, and how can we get in touch with you if you want to be gotten in touch with? MollyWarnerBook.com. That's how you find my book. Uh, otherwise, that's it. Um, you can find me on, on Twitter. It's just at Dan Kilday. You know, I try to be funny on there. So if you <laughs> cool. find me there, I'll do my best to make you laugh. And we already plugged Nick's podcast, so we yeah. got that out of the way. Right. So he can't be like holding his shaking his fist in the air right now. <laughs> so, right. Uh, all right. Well, thanks again for coming on to Meet the Littles. We really appreciate the time. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? You know, again, I don't have strong opinions. Uh, He's will bonding the question again. I don't care. As long as I can get enough to do the thing. As long as it's there. Yep. Perfect. All right. We'll take it. And uh, can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your time. All right, all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. This is Jamie from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And thank you, Dan, again, for coming on to Meet the Littles. Great Some stories. Amazing stories. Mm-hmm. And we didn't forget Rick Devins. That's the important part. <laughs> Unlike he did when right. he came on to Meet the Littles. So. Right. <laughs> Poor Dan. I felt horrible about that. You know, when I was doing the edit, I was like, wait, did we not talk about Dan <laughs> at all? I was like, yeah, oh. Yeah, you got a little confused. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did, but I just kept it the way it was. Yep. So, uh, you know, Rick Devin said he was going to, like, call back and yeah, make what up. up? For, yeah, what up? Well, he's busy. Cause oh, because Survivor's s- back. Surviving Snyder, his podcast, is back mm-hmm. and full-blown now because mm-hmm. Survivor's starting again. So he, they're going to be busy with their podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get to our email, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. This is from Steve Oswald, episode two. It says, hi, Chuck and Roxy. Kareem, aside from his stints on Emergency and Airplane, he also co-starred in a Bruce Lee movie in 1974 while playing for your Milwaukee Bucks. Well, they're not my Milwaukee Bucks. They're your (laughs) Milwaukee Bucks. Fear the deer, Chuck and Roxy. Yes. All right. Then we hear from Mike Wolf, TBD. He kind of going with the same thing. He actually had more information. He says, Kareem also fought Bruce Lee in Game of Death. Whoa. And more recently wrote an episode of Veronica Mars. Whoa. Do you watch that show? I didn't, but I hear it's really actually really good. Okay, we heard from a TBD person. Oh, okay. So these are exciting. I have to. This is the greatest thing about this podcast right now is we are getting some new listeners' emails, uh-huh. and it's hilarious. Some of them. So yeah. we're trying to get as many of those in as we can. Go ahead. Right. Okay. So, good afternoon. When the interviews are done, Chuck sometimes refers to the guest filling out the form. I was looking on the website for a form to fill out, but no luck. Do you need to be invited to receive the form? I thought perhaps there was something to fill out to screen potential guests. From Jason Massapust, episode TVD. If I'm butchering your name, you are definitely coming on at some point to meet everyone and clear that up. See, I would have just said Jason M. Well, that, that's what I would. I go also with. want the littles to realize that it's not just you that butchers yeah, well, things. You're just, you just know. you you edit me very nicely. Oh well, I try. Okay, so about that. Now that's interesting. That's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought. We could do that. That's not how it goes. Yes. Right. What normally happens is because part of the form is it tells you your date and time of your interview. Right. So until we schedule that, right. I don't give you the form. Right. So I send the form saying it says hi. Jason M, mm-hmm. you're, you're scheduled for this time and date, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it also has the other stuff. So, yes, yeah. that's the typical thing. I mean, it's really a very basic thing, but it is helpful. Yeah. It is helpful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how that works. So go to the website and tell us you want to be on, and we will get in touch. Yeah, but that's good on him for wanting to do some homework. Yeah. That's great. Okay, another one, Larry Marshall, Zanesville, Ohio. Ooh. Now, this is interesting because I think this is another – Kentucky airport situation. <laughs> I mean, Ohio or Cincinnati airport, whatever the hell it's called. Hi, Chuck and Roxy. New listener just catching up. The Pluto discussion jogged a memory. Around 2009, I moved my family to a small town in northeast Kentucky. One day early in the move, our sixth grade daughter came home from school, threw her book bag on the table and exclaimed with a fake southern accent. So I learned this today. Pluto ain't a planet no more. <laughs> Sorry, I did my best. Several years later, we still quote this often. Okay, but it says Larry Marshall, Zanesville, Ohio, but he says he moved his family to a northeastern Kentucky city. So we're gonna have to meet you and find out. Yeah, this whole we're story. gonna have to dig deep into that. But because that is a great. Maybe quote. they moved again to Ohio. That is a great quote, after- though, and I'm pretty sure that I said something similar. Maybe not in an accent, but something similar <laughs> right. when I found out 
Okay. All right. What's next, Roxy? All right. We heard from Jenny Robbins, episode 57. Chuck and Roxy. Yes, my car does all texting by voice, so I'm driving safely, but this just started happening last week. It's quite helpful in busy traffic situations, but it does make me wonder how much more my Jeep knows. Your phone, everybody knows everything. Everyone knows everything. We've decided on that. It's fine. Yeah. And I think it's it's not scary. I Look, I have nothing to hide, really. No. But I always freak out when I'll have a conversation with you or somebody else, and then minutes later I go on Facebook and I see an ad for what we were talking about. <laughs> That's when it gets to me a little bit. I'm yeah. like, really? You couldn't wait a couple days right. at least? For me so. to forget the conversation that right. I just had? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next, Roxy? All right. We heard from Elliot Olshansky, episode 111. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Roxy. You know, if you wanted to combine the sneaker talk and the wrestling talk, you could find out if Ritz or Ashton has the Adidas Damian Lillard Dame 7 Ric Flair shoes inspired by the <laughs> Nature Boy's famous sequined ring robes. And he posted the link right here. Yeah, he, there's a good picture. Yes. Yeah, yeah. As much of a wrestling fan as I am, though, I would still prefer the Curry Sesame Street shoes Under Armour, except that they're more in Tony's price range than mine. Best regards from Suffolk County, where my go-to sneaker is the Stan Smith Kermit the Frog from Adidas. Now, he sent a picture of that, too. Uh-huh. I wanted to get that to Eric Lonergan somehow because yeah. it's adorable. Yeah. It's got a little Kermit on the tongue cool. of the shoe. I cannot believe I'm getting this much into sneaker talk. I, I just can't. But I have to say, Ritz also texts me after the last Big Show episode, and he says, you know who used to be a Hoka ambassador? Now, I don't even know what that is, to be honest, but Ritz a ho- was. A Hoka, Hoka is a brand of shoe. No, I know that, but mm-hmm. an ambassador? An ambassador, you basically get you sponsor them the stuff, or? and then you promote the stuff Promote for the them. stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I just didn't even know what that was. There's but probably more that goes into it than that, but yeah. Ritz can explain next time or yeah. send us a voice memo. So we can have more sneaker <laughs> talk. Yeah, exactly. So... Anyway, that's great. All right. And then lastly, you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Choxy. I had to look up the Rocky franchise, and sure enough, there are six movies with quote, unquote, Rocky in the title. Rocky 1 through 5 plus Rocky Balboa in 2006. I believe I had that. However, he then goes, then there are two movies with Rocky training Apollo Creed's son, Uh Creed 1 and 2. That makes eight movies. So he's saying, oh, I was right. I don't know. Littles, where do we land on that? Are those like Rocky movies? They're about. I Apollo considered that. Creed. I considered that a separate franchise. That's I think it's Creed. The same. Really, I, I don't. I think it's the same, but I don't think I wouldn't necessarily consider it. You a always rock. side with no, Brandon. No, no, no. I you do. It's okay. I, I wouldn't. I think consider, she has a crush, Brandon. I wouldn't consider it a rock. Well, keep sending me dad jokes. Those are great. <laughs> I would not consider it a Rocky. She's blushing movie. for the record. Stop. <laughs> No, it's but, but it's, it's Creed. It's a part of right, but it's like a separate franchise. Is it though? Well, we're gonna let the Littles will speak. Is it though? The or Littles is it will just speak. A, a separate branch off of the franchise, like all, right. all the Star Wars movies. Uh, like the Mandalorian is that Star Wars? Yes, it is. Uh, it's a branch of Star Wars. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll let we'll hear from the Littles and then we'll continue this conversation. <laughs> let me continue with the email because we all know it's much longer than just oh, that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't end there. Big surprise. This March 3rd, Creed 3 is getting released, but it doesn't include Sly Stallone. Does this count as a Rocky movie? Well, you know my answer. I don't think the first two counted as Rocky movies, personally. Okay, that one I don't know about. Oh, no. Wait, you can't. No, no, well, no, no. You, I mean, you can't I say the Creed 1 and 2 just well, because Sly? if it's Creed 3, then it's clearly been established. Well, then what? Is Rambo a Rocky movie, too, because Sly Stallone's in it? Of course not. No, no, no. no, okay. no anyway, that's anyway, different. All right, all right, that's that's, that's Rambo. Me. That's not Rocky. Right. He says, if yes, then we are at 9. If not, we are stuck at 8. I disagree. <laughs> I don't think we're at 8. I still think we're at 6, like I said, but we'll see. <laughs> Still, way less than the Marvel movies, maybe Roxy should go with the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Okay, though, I think I've seen all of those. Though, you have seen them? Uh, I've definitely seen one and two. I think Whoa. I've seen three as well. He then continues, though, those tend to get longer and weirder with each release. Yeah. <laughs> so that's true. I, aren't those so violent, too? I guess too? I haven't seen all of them. I'm I surprised guess you've seen those. Are there more than three? Yeah, that was my very first date ever in my life where we sat with a chair with empty the between and us. You, you and scared him away? He kept going to the bathroom? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Ritz the sneakers, is he by chance a size 11? I mean, I'm not trying to shill for free stuff, but if Ritz has 80 pairs of sneakers, some of which he's never worn, then he might want to part with a pair or two. Yeah. Now, he actually has more than 80. It was uh, Ashton that has the 80. Yeah. But Ritz said he has more. So anyway, where are we on corned beef and cabbage? Okay, it's March. Is it a major faux pas to be Irish and not eat it on St. Patrick's Day? 
Luckily, my wife's birthday is St. Patrick's Day, so she picks the meal, and it's never corned beef, which is good because the stuff is not good. Oh, I guess I should be happy the traditional meal isn't something like, it's H-A-G-G-I-S. He even wrote spelling. I don't, what, Haggis? H-A-G-G-I-S. There were others I corrected. Okay. All right, let's go back. Let's. So I'm fine with corned beef. Mm-hmm. I'm not a cabbage person at all. Uh huh. Okay. I never liked cabbage. To me, it's like cauli- not cauliflower. Yeah, cauliflower. Okay. Not a big cauliflower person. Okay. Brussels sprouts. It reminds me of Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Just big. Bru- that's what it is. Beef, uh, pretty much. Oh, see, then I. That's yeah. why I don't like it. Okay. So good to know. But corned beef, I'm okay. I as a kid, I didn't love it, but as an adult, I'm okay with it. I don't love it, and when I have it, it's only if it's on St. Patrick's Day. But I do have to say, if you drown that sucker in mustard. It's fine. Well, I also found out as an adult, it's really bad for you, apparently. It's very yeah, see, bad for you. I did not know you. that. It's That's so why I like it. It's so salty. Yeah. It's, oh. Yeah. All Ugh. right. Well, the littles will speak, you know, where we're at. I don't know. Do you like corned beef and cabbage? I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a faux pas. I mean, you like what you like. Right. It's like do you, if you don't wear green on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. That's not, a faux pas. But if you're not Irish, it, I don't think it matters. Okay. The Irish want everyone to celebrate. Okay. But all right. Like I don't have then. much green, Roxy. I'll get you green. All right. Finally, with this pod getting so much action on the big show, are we? Are we yeah, getting action? Kind of I didn't are. notice. Is it time to put on the full court press to get Mr. Tony to give five mediocre minutes? Ooh. He can't do 30 subpar segments because I've copyrighted that phrase. Seconds. Don't you mean? He, it says segments. Oh. I think he means seconds. I think you need to start correct, you know, reading your emails before you send them <laughs> in. Reading. Episode 178, ABTHS. Always better than a hockey Whoa, segment. Oh, Roxy's on the ball today. You know, I was reading that upside down, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out what that was. But as you were saying it out loud, the whole thing, I'm like, ah, that's yes. what it is. All right. Well, Littles, once again, thank you. That's all we can say is thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for all the shout outs on the big show. Mm-hmm. We love this. I'm saying it's the greatest thing I ever came up with, Roxy. It makes us was, was the episode number thing. Oh, it was so good. I love it. And it helps people find your episode. Yep. And some littles are talking about maybe getting some shirts made. I think that would be great. But obviously, that's a very specific order because there's <laughs> no. only going to be one shirt. <laughs> Per person. So that like, would probably be a little pricey, but it could be done. It's like Cinderella's slipper. Yeah. So I think that would be great. But seriously, thank you for all your help and getting the word out. This is the best way to do it is yeah. by Tony getting inundated with <laughs> emails about episode numbers. <laughs> and you know what? Greg Garcia, come on if you want. If you don't want to come on, I don't know what to say. I mean, but we have no way to reach you. We have no way to reach you. I can't even find an email. Definitely don't have your digits. No. So, I mean, maybe you'll give Roxy your digits. I don't know. But I <laughs> I don't have your digits. So, I'm just saying, we'd love to have you on. We'd love to have everybody on. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows that, including yeah. you, Jeff Passan. Uh-huh. But anyway, thank you, Dan Kilday, for coming on to Meet the Littles this episode. That was a blast, finally. And those stories... I mean, the connective tissue stories, and that's why we're here. That's what makes this so great. So let's get out of here, Roxy. Tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. And don't forget, if you do listen to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a nice rate and review over there. That does help. And as always, don't forget, if you do need a grip for your stick, go to stickgrip.com. If you need fog-free eyewear, go to fogfreeeyewear.com. If you want a book, any book, well, not any book, but most books, go to aaronsbooks.com and just don't forget to in the comment section when you're checking out type in llpod are you ready to get out of here roxy i think so big day for you yeah roxy starts a new gig today but we'll get into it next time i think yeah. we're gonna tease that yeah but she's really excited it's yeah. a new uh new venture new venture i guess mm-hmm. is what we'll say so mm-hmm. she'll come back and tell us all about it until next time if you are out shopping online tonight don't forget to use the code use the code So it's a story about freedom of the press with plenty of poop jokes.
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah, he was my intern. Oh, yeah.